Renegades. Check it out. I want to let you know something. Before I had a podcast, I so badly wanted a podcast, but my brain with all of its thinking thoughts was like, you don't know how to do that. And that sounds like a lot of work. Well, guess what? It wasn't once I found out about Anchor. Anchor allows for you to record your podcast. It's super easy. You just use their platform. They distribute it to all of your other platforms like Apple, Spotify, Stitch. And um, let me tell you, one thing I did learn, there's a lot of platforms out there and you do not want to sit around taking your time uploading your episodes one by one. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast from your phone. Right now, I'm recording this from my phone. Not to mention the tools like the music, like intro music and little sound effects. Like, how fun is that? It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Go now. If you're at least, if you've ever thought, I want a podcast, I'm telling you, it's really this e- easy. Anchor.fm. Go to the Anchor app on your phone or go to anchor.fm and make it happen. I did it. You can definitely do it. You are listening to Dressing Room Confessions, an intimate conversation about life in all of its glorious mess. Oh my God, that sounds so generic. Please. This is your host, Ashley Kelsch. Each week, we will be going behind the curtain and we will uncover to discover just what keeps all of us moving forward, even though we don't want to sometimes. Okay, everybody. Uh, Check it out. Podcast number two. I'm here. I just returned from an incredible one-week vacation. I don't even know the last time I could say that. There's usually kids or work or something involved, and this was not that. It took me like six days to realize um, that I was on a vacation, and I was like, oh my god, I'm strolling. I'm not like fast walking. I'm not rushing. Any- like I was just like strolling. It was so bizarre and so good. And then I had to come home. <laughs> so um, lesson learned, seven days, not enough going for 10 to 14 next time. And um, I also realized it was a vacation because when I got back and life was happening, the minute I landed, my son had like not picked up my daughter from school and there was all this drama not for them, but in my mind, I was like, oh, here we go again. And what's for dinner? And I didn't want to cook for anybody. And that's when I was like, yeah, no, that was a vacation. I didn't have to think or do anything. Uh, I hope y'all are getting that sort of time. You deserve it. Parenting is not easy. So anyway, this week, I want to talk to you about, um, let's just call it reconciling with your past. It's heavy. Um, since I started studying and practicing awareness around my thoughts and mental fitness in general, I have learned quite a bit about my thinking and the direction my thoughts tend to go. I thought a skill that I could start to use and apply was one in which I would practice reframing how I would see my past memories, after all, are just thoughts we hold about events in our past, um, but allowing me to reframe the past and the people that I was involved with. (laughs) This practice in particular is not about like reframing the events to tell me a better story, but instead looking back at the people involved and only seeing the good that happened with them. Yes, sit on that for a second. 
I spoke of this on my podcast when I was talking to Laurel and I brought it up and at the time I truly believed that the benefit of the work was simple. It would take my mind off the negative, that I would no longer think poorly of the people in my past or carry the burden of what I thought were negative experiences. Truth be told, I'm finding that I'm carrying these stories about my past around with me like a large tote loaded with bricks. I thought if I could start remembering all the good positive times and the reason I was originally drawn to these people, that I could fill my large tote full of fluff and love and sparkles, you know, all of our good times, all that good stuff. So don't get me wrong, this part of the process alone is work and it is not always easy, especially when you're thinking about your ex-husband or your parents, a once so-called best friend. We all have our stories and our sides and our beliefs about what happened how it happened, and more importantly, who it happened to. Learning to stop feeding that narrative and instead looking back in time and space to remember why you fell in love with your ex, what that love was like, when you felt loved by your parents, you know, when things were at the best in those relationships, that can be very difficult. But beyond that work, I found something, something evolutionary. Practicing this, practicing this work opened a hidden door and behind it, a side of the story that I never knew existed, their side. And by entering, I was able to go deeper into who I was. Spoiler alert. It turns out I have no one to blame but myself for my failed relationships. Well, let's not rush into that part. Instead, let's talk about the glorious few weeks in which my mindset underwent this paradigm shift. It started a few weeks before my first husband's annual celebration of life. It's been 11 years since his passing, and honestly, it's not uncommon for me to look back and criticize him, and who I was at that time, during our marriage and eventual divorce. Things got nasty. There is plenty to talk about, analyze, and support my story on why I wanted a divorce and left our marriage, and how horrible it was after our divorce. But seriously, Not only is that story over a decade old, it's also so predictable that it's boring. So instead of the same old playlist that I've had on repeat, I decided to update it. I started scrolling my brain for memories that I hadn't thought about in forever. How hard we worked together, the life we built literally from the ground up, the father he was, his discipline, everything he taught me, where we traveled, how nice we lived, the food and whining and dining experiences, the sunsets, drives to the other side in his beat-up old work truck, the day that we finally saw our two dream cars in our driveway, side by side, that we said we would have, quote-unquote, one day. It wasn't overnight, but slowly these thoughts and more started coming back. I had to ask myself, why did I want a divorce? What was I so unhappy about? What was I not willing to compromise on? This story I've known for so long, why I did what I did, how innocent was it? How innocent was I? I flipped the script. Before you knew it, I started to see how being married to me may have not been easy. Not easy at all. Suddenly, the light started to shed itself on me in the role I had. I've spent all these years thinking how awful he was. Me blaming and framing it around Chris took the light off of me which made it easy to accept, well, 
maybe just say justify my behavior. Self-destructive, incredibly self-indulgent behavior that, truth be told, had only just begun. And slowly, like Alice down a rabbit hole, I began spinning out. I found myself thinking about my second husband, Ryan. Did I ever apologize to him for cheating on him? I mean, I haven't heard from him in almost a decade. Could that be why? Not only because he was hurt and betrayed, but because I've never once reached out to apologize? Why would I have, though? I've been telling myself all these years I had an affair because he wasn't being the husband I wanted or needed. According to me, he didn't hold up his end of the deal. Now? Fuck. Now that story doesn't hold up. My ex-husband wasn't actually doing anything wrong. Not when you break it down to vows and morals and ethics, etc. He was actually a really great husband. He just wasn't living up to my demands by doing even more to make me happy. And I used this as the perfect excuse to self-destruct and sabotage our marriage. I've even went so far as to blame the other man involved in the affair. <laughs> yes, for years and years I hated him for what he did to me, for pursuing me, for going out of his way to be alone with me, for chasing me, for admitting to his wife that he'd been at my place. You would not believe my lack of accountability if I laid it all out here for you. What I told myself to make sense of having an affair made it easy to blame, hold all the blame on him. It was like it happened to me and I had no control in it. Trust, it was 100% consensual. I'm telling you, this tote of feathers and fluff, suddenly, too heavy to carry, is pulling me faster down this hole. I thought I had done the work, but entering through this door revealed to me that I've actually been blaming everyone around me for what happened and why. I've been in denial of my own role, of who I was, on how I behaved for the better part of my life. I quit drinking for five and a half years because I was convinced that alcohol had ruined my life. That's why I had an affair. That's why I was divorced. I totally cut it out and was terrified at the thought alone of ever drinking again. And for some reason, without it, my life and things didn't get easier or look better, let alone feel better. Why didn't removing alcohol from the picture make my life better? Make me better? What the fuck? Oh wait, you mean there's more? I have to change? Not so funny side story. I never even took accountability for my drinking. I blamed it on my mom. <laughs> I used to say, I don't know if it's because I'm the child of an alcoholic or if I'm actually an alcoholic. I never saw normal drinking growing up. I mean, it sounds ridiculous to say it out loud. There's so many layers of denial, and I'm not just talking about 12-step stuff, 12 step stuff here. That is a tongue twister. Say it 22 times. 12-step stuff here. You can change everything around you. Home, town, clothes, your hair. But if you don't look internally, it won't matter. You'll still be stuck with yourself reliving the same scenario with different people in another town. What I find amusing is that we currently live in a time where we can read a meme on how to self-love or an Instagram post with the 10 steps on how to forgive yourself or some new influencer ready to tell you, take five baths and journal while whispering Caligon, take my mistakes away and you will be relieved of your past and your hurt and your poor choices. Fuck. If only it were that easy, right? You have to dig deeper than that. You have to come to terms with the fact that you are responsible 
for where you are, the broken relationships, the pain you feel, who you are. But instead of facing a situation head on, we dive deep into ways to avoid our unhappiness, gossiping about it with our pals, drinking, sex, total avoidance. It's a perfect mix of drama, like gasoline on a flame. You cannot go wrong, especially if you like big explosions. No one teaches you that the discomfort of disappointing someone with your truth will last a few hours, maybe months, versus being deceitful and hiding. That discomfort could stay with you a lifetime. No one tells you you're going to be miserable and there is nothing you can do about it. No amount of sex, drugs, or shopping will fix it. No amount of sabotage will make it go away. We'll only lay you deeper and deeper with no escape. Let's be real. You can't ever escape yourself. But you can turn on the lights. You can start to look at yourself and your past, your partner, partners, in ways that you haven't considered before. This practice of awareness is crazy to me. And I say this because I've been looking at my past and myself the same way for 20 years. It has never occurred to me to look from a different angle. Such a small adjustment with a massive effect. We think things are just because we have a thought about something and it's simply not true. Especially when you consider all of the program around us. How often does your mind go straight for the drama? No one ever really just wants the facts. This doesn't make for a juicy story. Instead, we embellish to ourselves about ourselves. And since we're our very own main character, of course, we're the victim. This is a self-indulgent piece I mentioned earlier. We can go through life playing the blaming game. God knows it gives us a reason to have those affairs and drink away the day and not take responsibility for the fact that we're unhappy and no one can fix it but us. And even once you do learn to start making yourself happy, that shit just doesn't last. That's not how life is supposed to work. You cannot be happy 100% of the time. If you were, you wouldn't know. You can only know happy if you've been sad. You can't get up if you don't fall down, y'all. Look, if you came here for some magical recipe on how to have a 100% happy life, unsubscribe. Go now. That will not hurt my feelings. That's, I'm happy all the time. It's not my thing now. It never has been. What I'm suggesting is that you learn to get comfortable being uncomfortable. To pay attention to the thoughts you have around your life and experience and consider there's another way of seeing things. Even if that means you were not perfect. That where you are in life is exactly where you're supposed to be based on the choices you've made. Having clarity around the fact that I chose to have an affair because someone wasn't making me happy is honestly not one of my favorite moments. I could have chosen 17 different ways to approach that, but at the time, that was what I chose. No one made me, and I own that. Here's the beautiful thing, though. I can accept that piece of my past and move on. I'm not denying it anymore. It's opened my mind to understanding certain things about myself I mean, I couldn't even begin to reconcile until now. And it's kind of like, you know, Katie Byron says, could it be that all along I have lived the life I should have lived and that everything I've done has been what I should have done? For me, it's like the dots are connecting. What's more, for the first time in, I don't know, 13, 14 years, when I think of my ex-husband, 
I have the fondest memories of him and us. They just keep coming up. I'd say it's annoying if it didn't give me such a good feeling. So I want you to try playing with this idea. If there's someone in your life that brings up a lot of negative thoughts, spend time meditating on all their good. You'll be amazed to see what happens. I didn't believe it either, but shit's crazy. All right, well, that's a confession from me today on where my head has been and what I've been going through. Go ahead and send me a message. Is there anything in your past that you haven't been able to get over? Someone else? Some pain? Deceit? I want to know. Message me. That is a wrap with Dressing Room Confessions. Now listen up. I want to thank you for listening, but I have a favor. Uh, Just a tiny little favor. Head on over to the Anchor app. Download that. And when you do so, send me a message. Super easy. You'll see it on the homepage of my um, podcast. What do I want to hear? Well, I want to hear if you have any questions about what we just talked about or if you have any input or if there's something that maybe you want to talk about on my podcast. That is right. Are you looking to have an intimate conversation? I'd be way into it. What I don't want to hear is any sort of like aggressive or angry or you know, creepy input you may have. If that's the case, unsubscribe and move on. All right. I'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you.